Hi, this is Kelly Chase and you're listening to History Detective, a podcast where I delve into the past to uncover the mysteries of history and then I explore how that story might be reimagined through song. This is case number one, Bite the Bullet. Down through the rabbit hole, mystery to soul, curiosity to follow. If you do a Google image search of Lakshmi Bai, you'll see a fierce Indian woman dressed in a man's uniform with her son strapped to her back, holding a sword and leading a charge against the British soldiers. This was Lakshmi Bai, Queen of Jhansi. And what I want to investigate today is what happened to cause this dramatic turn of events. To understand how this happened, we have to go back to the very first globalised company. Before Google, before Coca-Cola, there was the British East India Company. This company started as a group of merchants joining together to create a trading monopoly in the East Indies. They eventually expanded their trade to many countries, including China and India. Look, there's probably about 20 hours of history and backstory contained in those last two sentences, but our story starts a little later down the track. So, the British East India Company became a morally corrupt ruling powerhouse within India. Europe was in the midst of an industrial revolution and the resources that India could contribute to these burgeoning industries were helping to line the pockets of the East India traders with silk and gems. The main way that they were able to begin to control India was through the use of private security forces, which later formed into private armies. Remember, an army is generally used by countries for protection, not by private companies. Imagine if KFC just decided to start an army. Well, he is a colonel, so I suppose that might be legit. Anyway, these armies were not made up of British soldiers. They hired Indian soldiers who were of different faiths, including Muslim and Hindu. This brings us to the matter of religion. The British East India Company brought their Christianity with them and missionaries attempted to convert and civilise the Hindu and Muslim soldiers and the wider population. Another policy that the British introduced was the doctrine of lapse. A doctrine is an official government policy and the British East India Company thought they were the government. If an Indian ruler died and did not have a male heir, then the British could swoop in and annex or take possession of that state. And this is where Rani of Jhansi comes in. But before we meet her, let's do a brief introduction on what is known as the Sepoy Rebellion, the Indian Mutiny, or the First Indian War of Independence. The trigger that is said to have sparked the rebellion is the introduction by the British East India Company Army of a new Enfield rifle that required a special cartridge, which is the bullet packaging. In order to load the cartridge into the gun, the soldiers were required to go through a process that involved biting the top off the paper cartridge. Now, I'm not a rifle expert, but I'm sure if you want to get more specific details on the rifle and the cartridge loading, it'll be somewhere on the internet. You can find out the finer points. The problem developed when rumours arose that the cartridges were greased with the fat of pigs and cows. 
In a predominantly Hindu and Muslim culture where cows are sacred and pigs are forbidden to be eaten, this is a big problem. I say rumour, but in some sources it's stated as fact. That's why it's really important to find out from what perspective a source is written from. The biting of the bullet was seen as an affront to the religious beliefs of the soldiers. Coupled with the Christian missionaries trying to convert the population, the soldiers refused to use the cartridge, feeling that Christianity was being shoved down their throats. Some of the soldiers were punished and the Sepoy Rebellion against the British imperialists began to spread across the country. This was a large-scale uprising and there was much violence and bloodshed that occurred on both sides. But let's get back to our heroine, Lakshmi Bai, Rani of Jhansi. Rani means queen in Hindi and Jhansi is a historic Indian city of which Lakshmi Bai was the queen. Let me begin with a terrible spoiler. Lakshmi Bai died at the tender age of 29. However, she left such an impression that in India there are statues, songs, films and TV shows about her. In contrast, in many modern Western texts about the Sepoy Rebellion, she barely rates a mention. Lakshmi Bai was born in 1828 with a different name. She was renamed after she got married and when she was four years old, her mother died and she was raised by her father and learned horse riding, martial arts, sword fighting and archery. This was apparently unusual for girls at the time in the Brahmin caste. She was married in 1842 to the Maharaja of Jhansi. She was 14 years old at the time and the Maharaja was in his mid-40s. It's easy to look back at the past with a modern lens, but 14 was the accepted age of marriage for the time. In fact, in Australia, in 1892, which is 50 years later, a feminist called Rose Scott tried to have the age of consent in Australia raised from 14 to 16, and the idea was laughed out of Parliament. Back to our heroine, Lakshmi Bai. In 1851, when she was 23 years old, she gave birth to a son, but sadly he only lived for four months. Two years later, her husband and her decided to adopt an heir, the Maharaja's cousin's son. One day later, her husband died. And this is where the aforementioned doctrine of lapse comes into play. To remind you, if an Indian ruler died and didn't have an heir, the British would claim ownership of the state. Although it was the custom of Indian rulers to adopt a son if they did not have a male heir, there was a special clause written into the doctrine by the British Governor-General of India that said adopted sons could not become rulers, only inherit property. This challenged a long tradition of Indian rulers and completely dismissed their authority over their own state. In 1857, the Sepoy Rebellion had broken out and in 1858, the British forces attacked and Lakshmi Bai, Rani of Jhansi, formed an army of men and women to defend against the British. The British soldiers eventually overpowered the defenders, but not before Lakshmi Bai made a final charge. This was the charge from which the famous image of her on horseback wearing men's clothing with her son strapped to her back and wielding a sword is said to be drawn from. 
Some sources depict him as a baby and some texts refer to him as an infant. But digging a little deeper, he was born in 1851, which would make him about seven or eight years old. She escaped that night and fled to a neighbouring town where she continued to help in the resistance against the British. A few days later, while fighting on horseback, she was mortally wounded. She did not want the British to capture her body, so she asked a local hermit to cremate her body after she died. My favourite description of her is by Vishnubhat Godsi, a poor Brahmin priest who stayed at the Jansi court during the Sepoy Rebellion. He says, Her two qualities worth mentioning are her bravery and her generosity. Mostly she was dressed in male attire. She used to wear a pyjama with a vest of dark purple colour. On her head she wore a turban like a cap. On her waist would be a cloth in which she tucked her sword. Ever since her husband died, she had given up wearing the nath, which is a nose ring worn by married women, and other such ornaments, except gold bangles on her wrists. She was very fond of physical exercises. At the break of dawn, she would get up and exercise on a malicum pole for 45 minutes. After that, she would take a round or two on her elephant. I suggest you do a YouTube search of a malicum pole. It was kind of like yoga on a pole. 45 minutes of pole yoga every morning. She must have been incredibly fit. I love this description. It paints such a vivid image of what she wore and I especially love the elephant riding at the end. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole in researching this episode. I came across a text called The Rani of Jhansi, Gender, History and Fable in India and the author, Harleen Singh, mentions four early British novels that depict Lakshmi Bai as a shameless Jezebel, a temptress who sexually coerced the British colonials. Interesting how this early British perspective on her is vastly different to how she's represented today. In India, she is remembered as a symbol of resistance against the British, a warrior, a fighter, and a woman who stood up to the oppressors and fought to save her people. Just whose truth will it be? Hers or his story? Maybe just a little bit in between. I would love to hear any suggestions for future episodes, so please get in contact. You can follow me on Twitter at History Detect, Instagram at History Detective 9, or email me at historydetective9 at gmail.com. Now I'd like to play you a song that I wrote which was inspired by Lakshmi Bai, Rani of Jhansi. It's called Bite the Bullet. A bit of a side note, the expression bite the bullet, which means to do something difficult regardless, was first used in print by the author of the Jungle Book, Rudyard Kipling, in an 1891 novel. Kipling was born in India, educated in England and later returned to India. There are some stories about the etymology or origin of the phrase, but I'd like to hypothesise that it originated from the Sepoy Rebellion. This is Kelly Chase on The Case.
teacher or a student, you will find reflection questions in the show notes. Also, a link to the website with the transcript, song lyrics and a list of references is in the show notes. Next time on History Detective, we will investigate the discovery of the bones of Mungo Man and explore how he changed the narrative of Australian history forever. We will also see what museums have traditionally done with human remains and the ethics of bone collecting. Episodes are released every fortnight and if you liked what you heard and know someone who might enjoy History Detective, please share it and don't forget to subscribe. You'll find me on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.